Would you like to make more than $100,000? You'd be surprised to know how few Americans actually do. I'll show you how to get there if that's where you want to go. And while we're looking at comp, we'll look at some tech compensation that'll blow your mind. Let's go. Helping you win in your work life so that you're winning in other areas of your life. I'm Ken. This is the Ken Coleman Show. 82% of Americans make less than $100,000 a year. That means 18% of Americans make over $100,000 per year. Pretty fascinating stuff when you see also the data from Gen Z who expect to make $400,000 20 years into their career, a couple hundred in uh, 10 years. And it's just so rare. I don't think people realize how few people make over $100,000 a year. And so 18% of individual Americans make over $100,000 a year. And I think a lot of people, you know, they romanticize how much money they need to make in order to be truly happy. And the problem with that is, is that is based on stuff. It's based on, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that, I want more of this. I want to be able to do this. And it's like sitting down at a wish list as opposed to going, what is it that I really, really need? What does significance look like? What does contentment look like? And so there's a number always attached to it. The median income in the United States is $44,225. Making over $100,000 a year is a common goal, obviously. But we find that very few actually make more than $100,000 per year. So the numbers change when people do. Okay, Any numbers, any data, any survey information... Does it, it doesn't mean that you can't change. It doesn't mean that you can't be in the group or the number that you want to be in. If you make changes, then these numbers will change. So if you want to get out of the 82%, okay, that's the number. You want to get out of the 82% of people who make less than $100,000, I'm going to help you. But you have to first understand where you are before you can figure out how to get where you want to go. Okay, If you're just always destination focused and you're not focusing on your current location, you're never going to get where you want to go because the path forward, the path upward, if we're talking about financial gain here in this situation, has to be determined once we realize where we are. Based on where I am, how do I get where, where I want to go? Correct? Absolutely. So let's just look at why so many Americans don't make $100,000 or more. It starts with our school system. We, the people, have been trained to be complacent. We really have. There is a culture of complacency that is burned into our hearts, our heads, as a result of the American education philosophy. Some of you go, oh, come on, Ken. Are you serious? I'm absolutely serious. Let's look at the environment and then the education as it relates to the American school system. And then you tell me, if you don't think that our education system 
is designed for complacency and then an even evil, more evil word than complacency. Let's look at the environment. And, and I want you to, in your mind's eye, to go with me. Can we, can we go back to Little House on the Prairie? And for some of you who don't know what Little House on the Prairie is, I want you to think of an old picture, a black and white picture, maybe you've seen somewhere at some point in your life, and you've got a bunch of little kids sitting at desks, and, and I want you to picture that small little room. You got the picture now? Okay, great. And by the way, if you don't want to go that far back, go back to your, your school setting. Here you are in a confined room. You are sitting at a very structured desk in a structured format. Nice and neat rows, right? Could be five rows across, six kids deep, whatever, right? Everything is uniform. Everything, pick up your desks, make sure the room is clean. Everything about it is about uniform and then conform, right? We teach you, come in, file in, sit at your desk, sit in your row. Please don't fidget, be quiet, pay close attention. We have a structured schedule. We're going to do this topic for this amount of time and then this subject for this amount of time. And then that leads us from the environment. By the way, oh, one other thing. We're indoor all day. Indoors all day. Six, seven hours inside. Now that's the environment. Now let's go to the education piece. What are we, what are we taught? We're taught to memorize. Listen closely. Understand the concept. Go do a bunch of more homework after you've been in classroom all day long. Now you got to go do a couple hours of homework at night. We're going to pound it into you. You got to memorize it. What are we doing? We're teaching kid memorization and then resuscitation. I mean, excuse me, recitation. So we're reciting it, right? Got to put it on the test. And then that focuses on failure. So we teach kids that failure is bad. If you get a C, that's so good. Get a D. Oh, that's not good at all. F, you are awful and in deep trouble. And so we teach kids that failure is bad instead of teaching that failure is good. Einstein once said, education is not the learning of facts, but the training of minds to think. We don't teach kids how to think in our education system. We teach them how to learn something. We teach them how to memorize something and then put it on a test, and we teach them to be scared of failure. Better not get a C, D, or F, or you're a bad person and you will be a loser. In fact, conform is the evil word. They turn us into little compliant robots. Because if we want to succeed in school, we must be compliant. And watch what happens. We go from being compliant to conforming in society, to societal norms. Conform means to be similar in form. That's what it means. Conform means I am similar in form to everybody else. Perform means to present, to present yourself uniquely. So this is the problem. You know why so many people are stuck making less than six figures? Because you followed a path that was all about conformity. That means you're just similar to everybody else and a few standouts who decide not to conform, but they want to perform. They want to be unique. They embrace their unique design. They realize they have a unique contribution they're supposed to make, and therefore they don't follow what everybody else does. They go, I'm going to go do this. 
Why am I talking about this today? Because this hits you right where your pocketbook is, and it informs your ability to be free. The more money you have, the more margin you have, the more freedom you have to be who you want to be. And I think we got it all backwards in this country. And that's why I'm fighting this fight. We need more people who are going to perform their unique role for this world, not conform to just get along and be a part of a big, giant, non-defined tribe of people who are just living a good, decent life. Blah. Nobody wants that. It's time to stop conforming and start performing. I'm here to help. Hey, high school seniors and parents of high school seniors, it's almost graduation time. And if you're not sure about next steps, I want you to listen to this. Coding skills are essential in today's workforce. And my friends at Bethel Tech can help you start a new career really fast and do it cheap. It only takes nine months to complete a Bethel Tech course in UI, UX design, full stack development, data science, or cybersecurity. And your young person can get over a thousand hours of experience in a collaborative environment and then get placed. The average starting salary for a junior developer is $66,000. And the field is projected to grow by 22% over the next five years. Software development is a career with an enormously bright future. And right now, Bethel Tech is offering you 10% off if you watch or listen to the Ken Coleman show and you pay cash. So go to BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman, BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman right now for details. Terms and conditions do apply. Hey, welcome back. Give me a little juice harp in that. That there. I got a little harmonica. I like that. Need a little, you know, where you just blow in the top of a whole whiskey jug. I'm teaching you all something you don't need to know, but it'll come in handy at some point. Those of us in the South remember those old whiskey jugs that had a little finger hole at the top. You blow in that. I make my own sound effects. They've lost control in the booth. They don't know what's going on. The medicine has worn off, folks. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, we'd love for you to help us grow. If you're watching on YouTube, would you like and subscribe? Drop a like and drop a little subscribe there. That helps us with the old algorithm. And then if you're listening via your favorite podcast app, would you give us a follow and a five-star review? That will help us as well. Okay, so uh, in my never-ending desire to help inform you folks in the hopes that I will inspire you to take action, uh, I like to keep you posted on what's going on in the world of work that you need to know about. In my hands, an Entrepreneur Magazine article uh, with a headline about Google engineers. Now, I don't know how this stuff happens. I'm very cynical about it. So there's my caveat. In 2022, uh, th- this is a leaked, by the way, what I'm, what I'm about to read from. Entrepreneur has gotten themselves a, uh, a leaked report from inside Google, a spreadsheet. In 2022, the median total compensation for Google employees was $279,800. Among the highest-paying positions at Google, software engineers led the pack with a maximum base salary of this is this is uh, this is pretty fantastic seven hundred and eighteen thousand dollars base for software engineers at Google. 
Google employees' earnings go beyond base salaries and many times include equity options and bonuses. The maximum equity a software engineer could obtain was $1.5 million. That's just the equity. (laughs) Hey, is that the sound of people rushing to become a software engineer? Is that what I hear? I think it is. So to that end, I want to inform you folks on the world of tech. Now, um, I, I put my money where my mouth is here in that I endorse Bethel Tech. We have so many of you. Um, it's well over 100 folks from our audience that have signed up with Bethel Tech, BethelTech.net, nine-month program, and it's $15,000 at the high end. It's less if you're a Ken Coleman show listener or viewer. If you call them up, say, hey, Ken told me about you, and they'll get you a great discount. And people are making starting salaries at seventy five, all the way up to $100,000. We haven't had one student making $120,000 right out of the program because there's so much need for tech studs and studettes, and you don't need any previous experience. Did you hear me? This is amazing. You don't have to go to four-year school and spend six figures that you don't even have in the form of a student loan that Uncle Joe is not going to forgive, I promise. Why would you do that? So BethelTech.net. Now, let's get into some of the numbers. Just at Google, and then I've got some general market salaries and qualifications. This is pretty fascinating stuff. Um, Of the top 10 highest base salaries just at Google, software engineer is number one, 718,000. Engineering manager is 400,000. Now, here's what's fascinating about this. The engineering manager is a leader of software engineers, but making $300,000 less than the people they're managing. I, I, I Listen, I don't want to get down a rabbit trail, but I don't understand how you compute that. Why in the world would I want to lead? Why would I want to lead software engineers when they're making almost double what I'm making? I don't understand. But it's right here in front of me. Uh, of the top 10, uh, the other tech job is UX design. That's 315000 So software is where it's at, baby. I mean, hey, parents, you want your kids to make some moolah? Get them into software engineering. They don't even have to go to college for that. Saves you money and makes them a truckload of money. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. So I pulled some data. I wanted to see where do we sit 2023 top paying tech jobs. Okay. So here we go. Now, for those of you out there who 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 um, are quick to criticize, because anytime I post this kind of stuff on social media, I have some moron come in and go, I make way more than that, or my husband makes way more than that. This is not a real list. It is a real list. This is a median. Does anybody out there know what a median is? Anybody remember Bueller, Bueller, right? Median. It just means we take the high, the medium, and the low. This is the medium, median range of these positions. People make more than what I'm about to tell you. They make less. It's median. Are you okay? All you keyboard warriors out there? Drives me nuts. All right, here we go. Top 10 highest paying tech jobs. Brief description and a median salary. Uh, DevOps engineer. They're a generalist. They do work with code, but also infrastructure management, tool chains, and some system admin. 
the average salary for a DevOps engineer, or I shouldn't say average, median, is $149,000. Product manager, number two. Um, product managers oversee every step of a project. And uh, they have the mix of skills, including UX design, tech, and then business. A lot of research and analysis, testing going on in this role. Uh, the median on that is 136000 Third, computer and information research scientist. They are improving hardware and software. Tends to be a difficult job working with algorithms, programming languages, computer architecture, median salary, 131000 Next, number four, software developer. Now, again, software engineers that we talked about at Google crushing it. But this is just a software developer. I mean, this is everything from your favorite games on your phone to software used by hospitals, businesses, military. They just code, code, code mostly in Java, uh, JavaScript, SQL, $120,000 median. So obviously the larger the company, uh, the, the, the intensity of the work, big bucks. Next, number five, computer network architect. They're designing and building data communication networks, small connections to large cloud infrastructures, 120000 Artificial intelligence architect. AI is booming. It is the new frontier. It's going to be all kinds of AI jobs that are going to be sprouting like weeds. Artificial intelligence architect. They are working closely with data scientists, engineers, and developers to design, build, and create new AIs. This is a mix. Technical and creative. $117,000. Number seven, information security analyst. Information and network security is about one of the most critical areas right now in tech due to all the hackers. 102000 Number eight, mobile app developer. Apps are everywhere. We got an app for that, right? Designing, developing, implementing all different types of mobile apps. 98,000. Again, these are medians. Data scientist. These guys are the data miners. Digging, analyzing, enormous amounts of data, $96,000. And then number 10, full stack web developer. This is a person who can develop a server, software and client software and uh, they are the swiss army knife of the technology world the full stack developers and um, the median there is eighty nine thousand dollars so i share that again so that those of you who are thinking about tech but you think i missed the boat i'm in my mid-30s my mid-40s i'm in my mid-50s i'm in my 60s I can't go to school. I can't afford a six-figure degree in, in, in computer science. You don't need to. Again, Bethel Tech can train you in every one of the positions that I talked about. And not only do they train you, they place you. Less than $15,000. BethelTech.net. I'm not shilling. I'm telling you, technology is in every industry. It's not going anywhere. You want to make the big bucks without a lot of spending And a lot of time, I'd go tech, baby. And I'd go fast.
All right, let's talk about not just the manager who can make your life so very stressed out and difficult. Let's talk about the newbie, the brand new manager. Uh, If there's anything worse than a bad manager, it's the bad manager who's a newbie. Because what newbie managers who are bad managers do, they exacerbate everything else. They multiply it. They're multipliers. You know why? Because they're so eager and they're so scared and sometimes a combination of the two, right? And so it's just like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, it's bad enough that you weren't trained and now you're just overzealous, super insecure, and you're freaking out and you're making things awful. So we got some new data. Um, OG Life Labs, a digital learning platform from four leaders, commissioned a study of 2,000 workers on uh, last week, and they uh, partnered with Harris Research, well-known polling company. And they wanted to look at how new managers impact their teams. And we're not talking about a new manager as in coming from outside, but somebody who's never done it before. So these are rookies. All right, you got rookies. Employees experience greater stress and anxiety at the hand of rookie managers who were promoted to their position without adequate training. Can we all just say, duh, together, wherever you are? There we go. Really? 42% of workers said they've had a first-time manager. And of that group, 41% said they felt more stress and anxiety as a result of this rookie manager. 40% said they lost confidence themselves here they are they're a veteran i love to put everything in context of sports because it's easy for me to understand and you don't have to like sports to get this all right let's just take football you get a rookie head coach comes in in the nfl and you got some veteran players and rookie head coach is a disaster doesn't know how to connect with the veteran Uh, maybe it's a my way or the highway and they're just like a a complete and total tyrant, or maybe they're just a bit of a disaster and they're goofy and they don't have a command of anything and they just aren't making good decisions and 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 they make bad decisions out of fear and authority or they make bad decisions out of a lack of knowledge and, and expertise. And so either way, they end up killing the confidence of veteran players. Players have been in the league. Good players. This happens. Just over 33% were tempted to quit because of the rookie manager. And you ready for this? 20% said their sleep quality suffered as a result of working for a rookie manager. Now, if you don't think that work stuff follows you home, pay attention to this stat. 20%, I can't sleep well. You know why they can't sleep well? Because they're stressed out, they're worried, they're angry, they're hurt by a rookie manager who's a bull in a china shop one way or another. Harvard Business School professor Linda Hill commented on the poll, In my research, I've seen how strong individual contributors are often promoted to management roles with little or no leadership training with a sink or swim philosophy. Yeah, this happens all the time. It happens too frequently. Way too frequently. You're doing a great job, Bob. Way to go, Sue. You're crushing it. We're going to put you in a leadership role. 
And they put people in a leadership role to justify the raise. So then we start shuffling the decks. It's nonsensical. It's just stupid sometimes. Well, let's start with, do they even want to lead? Do they want to lead? They may not want to lead. Why do they not want to lead? Let's dig into that. Let's dig into it. This isn't done. You know why it's not done? Because leaders how leaders that are leading, they were just put in the same position, and it's just I'm just recreating the process. Here we go. This is what happened for me. Hmm. The other reason that this happens is because in the, I'm guessing, few times that a leader would look at somebody and go, do you want this leadership role? People are scared to death to say, no, I don't. It's like a, they think it's the kiss of death. In some cases, it is. They think, I'm going to lose my promotion. If they ask me to step into a leadership position, they won't promote me at all, and I'll be stuck. Why do they believe that? Because that's the reality. Why does a promotion always have to be into a management position? It's an interesting question. Begs looking into, doesn't it? I mean, let's just look at a promotion. Let's break it down. What is a promotion? To me, it's two things. Uh, let's call it three. Title, responsibility, and money. Do you know what people really want? They want the title and the money. <laughs> they want those two things more than they want the responsibility. So wait a second. If if I've got a high performer and I want to reward them, maybe a promotion is, we're going to give you a really cool title, maybe give you some more tasks, and in that, and in that way it's a responsibility. But you're not leading people. We're not putting you in a leadership position. We're not having to move someone else up or kick someone else out to stick you in a leadership role that you don't want. If they're a high performer where they are, man, I want to keep them there. You know what Phil Jackson didn't do with Michael Jordan? Phil didn't sit Michael Jordan down and go, hey, Mike, you're the best player in the world. So we're going to move you from shooting guard to center. <laughs> How stupid is that? If he did that, people go, Phil Jackson's lost his mind. Michael Jackson would have been like, Phil, you're out. I'm firing you. Think about it. When we look at athletics, the high performers, what do we do with a high performer? We keep them in their spot and we surround them with everything else that they need, including role players, other stars in different positions. We give them more money. We give them a long-term contract. We give them perks. Why aren't we doing that in the corporate world? That's what people want. They want to be rewarded Give them a fancy title. They don't want to lead. Don't let them lead. Go find somebody that wants to lead. Promote them. They want to lead. I don't want the reluctant leader. I really don't. Can you make the reluctant leader work? Sure. I want someone who wants to serve people. Who wants to get out in front and take the bullets. That's what leadership is. You got to take all the fire. 
don't lead from the back. You lead from the front. That's a certain person who's wired a certain way. Can you teach leadership skills? Yes. But some people don't want to lead. And that's okay. So treat them like the star athlete. Give them more money. Give them some perks. They'll be thrilled. But most importantly, they'll keep being a high performer. You take a high performer and you push them into a leadership role that they don't want and then you don't train them adequately. Or you take a high performer who wants to lead, but you put them in a leadership role and you don't train them, you don't develop them. Guess what you've got now? An average to below average performer. How stupid is that? It's mind-numbingly ridiculous. Why would you do that? This is what's happening in corporate America. It's happening in small businesses all around the world. Yeah, way to go, John. Way to go, Sue. You're a great performer. Hey, we're going to give you this leadership position. Oh, here's a book I read once. If you're lucky. And some of those very people are being promoted by leaders that aren't even modeling good leadership. They have zero hope. Zero hope. Outside of, on their own, pursuing the leadership training that they need. And some will do it. Many will not. It's fascinating. And we wonder why the American workplace is burning up from burnout and stress and anxiety. It's leadership. This is The Ken Coleman Show. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.